a sneak peek at what's coming up next. No um, one is born autistic, Nick. Oh, wow. That's just liberal propaganda. I hope nobody <laughs> clips that out of this episode and goes, this is what these assholes think. Um, That's anyway. liberal propaganda. Mainstream media <laughs> has twisted <laughs> your brain and warped your thoughts. Oh, thank you, Robert F. Kennedy. I installed Ooh. vaccine needles into the chair. So when you sit down, you just get like a full acupuncture. <laughs> acupuncture what? Of MMR needles. <laughs> Welcome to I'm just kidding. I'm gonna cut that out. But I was just doing you do this loud welcome. Every, every single time I go to edit it, I hear <gasps> you take a breath in. <laughs> welcome! <clears throat> and you not like 50% of the time you peek a little bit because yeah. you just say welcome so loud. Yeah. And I'm like, my headphones on, I'm yeah. like Ugh. Oh dude, you're used to me doing that. Every time I Welcome! Dude, every time I start the improv show, what do I do? <gasps> Welcome. Yes. I'm like, yes, dude. Yes. You can tone it down a little. <laughs> so, so I actually. So here's how I got that. When I was in school <clears throat> to be uh, uh, an addiction counselor, right? We did a lot of group work. We did a lot of classes with groups and stuff. And one of the things that they talked about was you have to grab people's attention, right? And when it comes to performing, what do what do you always talk about in the first couple of seconds of a <clears throat> video on any of the services? You got to grab their attention, right? And so one of the ways that I always found effective to grab attention when I was running groups is by starting the group by saying, welcome everybody to talking about motivation today. And welcome so, everybody to talking yeah. about heroin. Yeah, like I kind of, I, I always had like this, <clears throat> no kind of big presence moment right up front. And then I would kind of tone it down and I would talk about stuff and whatnot. And that's kind of what I do here. I kind of yeah. do the welcome to On the Spectrum Podcast. My name is Nick and this is me. And yeah, so are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh, great. So this is going to be all be bonus material. Uh, sure. <laughs> you really <clears throat> have a, a really hard time with like editing stuff on these episodes, <clears throat> don't you? All right. So anyway... Uh, let's start the episode off appropriately and welcome to On the Spectrum Podcast. My name is Nick and this is Snick. <laughs> Just kidding. Steve. I got a story about that nickname. So as I always do at the beginning of every episode, I let you know that me and Steve uh, do not presume to be experts of anything whatsoever. We just happen to be two human beings who are living on the spectrum, who have autism, who are um, low support need uh, human beings, level ones. I could say a bunch of other things, but here's the thing about it. We're not experts in anything. We've got some information. We've looked up some stuff like a lot of you, and we're just going to kind of talk our opinions and talk things through that affect the community and also that affect us in our interactions with other people in the NT world. As well as you may hear some things that you like, you don't like that might offend you. We might use some language at times that is a little controversial or taboo uh, to some people. That's okay because that's part of the conversation to have is different language. So with all of that being said, howdy friend, uh, our topic for today so I don't have, usually we, we say a specific name for a topic, specific, you know, title for a topic. I don't really have a good topic title, if you will, for this, because it's, it's a topic that spans a lot of conversation and a lot of different pieces. What I can say, though, is it is kind of a predominant conversation inside the autism community and more specifically neurodivergent community, because we are part of the conversation of today's topic is talking about accommodations and also what it is we're asking for, who's asking for it, what level we're asking for it, how it affects people, all that kind of stuff. 
as well as I want to talk about responsibility to it. Like who's responsible for what when it comes to the accommodation. And here's how I kind of came up with this idea. I'm, I'm kind of babbling, aren't I? Yeah. So here's how I came up with this idea. Babylon 5. Exactly. Which I did not think sucked as a TV <clears throat> show. I actually kind of liked it. Uh, all right. So here's how I came up with the idea. Uh, I do a lot of the social media stuff for us. So I go on to TikTok and Instagram and Facebook a lot and read a lot of other people's posts and things. But on TikToks especially, there's a lot of people who who talk about how living in the NT world is so hard and there's a struggle and it is, and I'm not putting that down or lessening that struggle at all. But then they say, we just need other people to understand, have compassion. We need them to get us that we need them to make accommodation for us. I hear that often. And, and it's almost as if we're saying that the world has to change for us because we are different, but yet these same people put videos out and say, it's not a disability. We're just different. Oh, we can't do anything about it. It's just this thing. Everybody just needs to accept that this is it. That's all there is to us. This is how we behave. But yet in that conversation, they kind of diminish other parts of the spectrum and ignore other parts of the <coughs> spectrum, as well as some of the things that they're asking for as far as like recognition, accommodation, representation, other things like that, like it's almost as if they're just going to sit there and everybody else needs to do something around them. Hopefully that didn't sound too demeaning. I, I heard myself back and I thought maybe. So anyway, so on that topic, Steve, do you know where I'm going? And can you help me kind yeah. of narrow in my shit a little bit? Uh, you're saying that you're a grumpy old man. <laughs> And you're an asshole. Uh, yeah, well, you had your principal Skinner moment where you're like, no, it's the children that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. All right. So, so I'm trying Could it to be like, a mod of touch. Yeah. No, it's the children. So I'm, I'm trying my best while having this conversation with you right now while we're recording, I'm trying my best <clears> to say <throat> this succinctly and say it thoroughly and clearly, but it's not really a clear cut thing to talk about. So specifically, um, I was watching a video uh, about somebody talking about how um, NTs uh, need to just, okay? And that was their statement. NTs need to just something, right? They were talking about a specific issue for themselves. So I'm not going to finish the sentence, but it was, you really did pull up. Yeah, Principal Skinner on the, on the screen. Okay. Not that any of you can see it, but we, we have a screen that we use so we can see some things when we pull it up and whatnot, like clips or whatnot. And Steve's going to pull it up for you now. Uh, so if you're watching this on video, you, you might be able to see what he pulled up. But he basically decided to show me the meme of Principal Skinner. <laughs> uh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Steve. Uh, so anyway, so like... <clears throat> Um, and also because we put a Facebook post out asking what advice would you give an ND or a neurodivergent person about dating a neurotypical. And a lot of the advice was given not, not really what advice would you give a neurodivergent, but more of it was what advice would you give the neurotypical about dating a neurodivergent. And, and so the question got reversed by some people, but a lot of what they talked about was not 
some people said we got to come together and understand each other's communication styles and and what both people need. And I love that statement because it's about both people working together. But there was a vast majority of comments that I saw that I responded to where people said things like, well, they just need to know we're different. Oh, don't ever date a neurotypical. Like a lot of people were like, just don't do it. And it's, and it's that part of, that's also part of what I'm talking about because instead of the vast majority of people saying, we all need to come together and all need to learn from one another. They immediately were like, Oh, screw those people. Let's, you know, let's segregate ourselves from the anti world. And so this got me thinking about like, if all these people are saying that we don't fit in the anti world, that we have social deficits, I'm sorry. Some people don't like saying social, that we have social deficits. Uh, we have social differences. Uh, and because people like to say that, that we have social differences, that NTs, they don't, they don't say what they mean. You got to read into it, all this other stuff. So they're playing by a different rule book. And if they're playing by a different rule book, why are we not advocating for people in our community to learn those rules? Why instead are we outcrying where some people are outcrying and saying that they just need to change their book? Why are we not saying let's learn the Well, book? I think, um, unfortunately... Any time that you are part of a mi- minority group, you're going to experience that sort of thing. I'm just looking at the context. When of I say when I say minority group, I mean that neurodivergent people are the minority. So I'm not talking about racial minorities. If that's what I, you're thinking. No, no, no. no. Saying, I just thought it was interesting you saying that because we're both white males. But it also applies to. It might also apply to people who are ethnic or racial minorities as well. It might. There are certain things that are it's going to be more difficult for you. Like if I move to Japan, mm-hmm. right? If I move uh-huh. to Japan, I can't expect Japanese culture to cater to me no. because I'm coming into an environment where I'm the minority. That's right. And uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm sounding like a Republican right now or something like, oh, they're trying to change us. And no, that's not well, what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that that's, it's, there's certain situations where it's always going to be like that regardless. Yeah. And it, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to get neurotypical people to try to understand autistic or neurodivergent people better, or understand the way that we function. I think awareness is important. I'm just saying that that's just part of the natural struggle of being not what the majority is. Right. And I, and I'm with you on that. And, and maybe, maybe I should have started off with, you know, telling people or maybe not that, that some of this conversation might sound ableist to some people that might sound exclusionary, might sound like we're trying to cover up autism and that's not at all what we're trying to get at, or at least that's not what I'm getting at. And I, I'm pretty sure Steve agrees with me with some of this stuff too, but it's kind of like the example I gave you before, or I, I kind of said before is my analogy for this. If you go to another country, so I'm kind of glad you brought up Japan there. If you go to a foreign country. Okay, a country you've never known anything about. You don't speak the language, whatnot, and you get there. What would you do when you get there? You would learn about it. You learn how to talk their language. You learn their customs and cultures. If but if you couldn't necessarily, you'd find a guide, right? You'd find a tour guide. Yeah. So if we look at this premise of like the autism world. And I'm going to specify not just neurodivergent in general, even though there's a lot of different types of neurodivergency and people, you know, have their own struggles. I'm going to focus on autism because that's what we are. So we got the autism culture, autism world. We got the autism rules. We got the autism, you know, social 
yeah. expectations. But then we've got the 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 neurotypical, right? Or as we used to refer to them on the show, the normies. Uh, but we got the neurotypical, right? I just think it's fun to say that. I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. And I think it's funny too. Even too though funny. some people might find it offensive, I just say it in jest. And yeah, yeah. Funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if people haven't figured it out, we sometimes say some things just for absurdist sake. Um, but so we've got these two cultures, right? But neither one of these cultures are talking to each other. Have the, you tried introducing yeast? <laughs> cultures? Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Cult- yeah. Never mind. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. So NT World tries to figure us out, but from their perspective, right? And some would say, well, there are strong autistic voices out there they could listen to. I have yet to find, let me rephrase it. Not often do I find a strong autistic voice that is trying to advocate on our behalf who who has a good perspective of autism in general and is willing to talk with. Instead, they're willing to talk at. Like there are probably some that are more than willing to sit down with an NT and just be like, hey, you know what? Here's how we operate. Here's how you operate. Okay, let's find out where we can both hang out. But then, then like NTs are trying to look at us, but they see it from their point of view. But we're looking at them from the our point of view, and it doesn't seem like from looking at TikTok and Instagram and whatnot that either side is really trying to understand one another in a real way. So, and there's why don't you why. give us some examples of what people have suggested? So, like when it comes to some of this, like like I said for our post on Facebook. People said, don't bother dating or being in a relationship with somebody who's neurotypical because their personal experience didn't go so well. But as we all know, human beings in general, some people are going to get along, some people won't. Well, it depends on the individuals mm-hmm. involved. Right. It depends on the, the NT that you're dating and it depends on the autistic right. or neurodivergent person and how well the two people get along with each other because maybe right. a lot of matches between NDs and NTs won't work out well, but some of them will because it depends on... There's too many variables. That, but that's kind of what I mean by when, I, when I'm saying that these people are just automatically exclusionary from NTs. Yeah. Because they're not looking at the individual human that they dated. They just look at the fact that they're, nerd, that they're autistic or neurodivergent and that person's not. <clears throat> There's more to it than that when it comes to relations of a human being. So communication, like at times me and you don't necessarily communicate great with each other. And we're both autistic, like, and we've been working together for six, seven years, almost seven years, or just over seven years, something like that. But for quite a few years, and yet we—that's still because have, you're an asshole. That is a true statement, and sometimes you seem like a. Oh. Chat GPT. Oh. Yeah, you sound like a robot sometimes. Yeah. Mm. So, that's one example. Another example is. Like people, um, we, people need to be more understanding when we're being overwhelmed sensory wise. Okay, cool. And that's something that, that makes sense. But then on the flip side of that, what are you doing for your partner? Right. So I'm going to lean into that side of the conversation. I don't think I transitioned I think that, well, but, um, so hold on, here's the question I'm going to pose to you. On this, I just thought of this. And I'm going to pose this to you because I'm trying to get a lot of information out, and I'm like focusing on the time of this. Anyway. I was trying to, to comment on what you said okay, about your ahead. spouse. Sorry. So, yes, I think that it is important for uh, if you're in a relationship with somebody who's different than you, if mm-hmm. they're regardless of what the difference is, trying right. to 
if you're serious about the relationship, trying to understand them a little bit better, right. whether they come from um, a different socioeconomic background than you, different ethnic background, whatever it is. Yeah. When it comes to brain types, right? Um, I think it's important for the NT to try to understand how the ND thinks and the ND to understand how the NT thinks a little bit. However, the caveat being, mm -hmm. it's probably easier for the neurotypical to tr be understanding of the ND because of certain things that, certain issues and problems that we're going to have to deal with that they won't. Like if, you're, if you have ADHD, there's certain things that are going to affect you that might make it more difficult for you to adapt your behavior for the NT person. And the same thing with autism, like sensory issues, for instance. Mm -hmm. The NT is going to have to be understanding. And if you're in a situation where, you know, the NT would like you to behave a certain way, it's going to be harder for you to give ground in areas that are, that affect you because of your... But they got stuff going on too. And, and, not, and not to just, you know... I'm not playing devil's advocate when I say that, but they've got stuff going on for themselves too. I'm, I'm speaking specifically about things that uniquely affect like somebody who has ADHD, oh, and I, somebody and who has like, if you say, um, if I have a, an issue with um, crowded rooms right. and noise and lots of people talking, and then right. my spouse expects me to go to their family Christmas party every year and I right. go, so I'm making the sacrifice there. But maybe I'm not so social. Maybe I'm trying to distance myself from the crowds. Yeah, like that would be where maybe they would need to have some sort of understanding that it's going to be difficult for me to function in that environment the way you want me to. And and I understand your point because you got to take care of yourself in that way. But I don't think it's co completely and solely up to the NT to make all the accommodation to make oh, all. And of I'm the not saying that. I'm just saying compromise. that I think that a lot of times it's gonna it it's probably gonna. To, to lean one way. It's pro probably not going to be equal. It's probably going to be lopsided. Situations, but overall, I'm saying like, so here, here's one thing. Uh, I, there's a, there's a gentleman and, and I don't remember uh handle or anything like that. And I probably shouldn't even say it, even if I did, there's a gentleman on TikTok and I don't disagree with the dude on a regular basis because he's basically just telling his perception and his emotional state and like his viewpoint on things, not necessarily talking about like overall, autism or, or like diagnosis or any of that kind of shit or struggles that we have. But he's really talking about his own personal kind of thing. And I watched a video this person did and they were talking about how depressed they've been for like a week, right? And how nobody could love them or be in a relationship with them because they're so depressed and all they want to have is somebody to love them, right? Which all of us do. All of us want somebody to just love and accept us, right? But it was what it was kind of the way they were, were the person was wording it that kind of made me go, yeah, but what are you doing for you? Can like, anybody find you somebody to love? <laughs> Thank you, Freddie Mercury. All right. Uh, I just, while listening to this person talk, and I felt bad for the dude because I've been in those moments too, so I can identify with it. But like, what are you doing for you is kind of a question that came to mind to me. Yeah. And when I've watched a, pun, a bunch of videos on Ladies TikTok, and gentlemen, Jordan Peterson. Thank you. Oh, my to the good podcast. God. Oh, my good God. Okay. You know what? For one, yes, I do counseling. And so I do believe in, you know, therapy. No, I'm just I'm kidding. And that but. is a basic therapy premise of just we can't change the world. But what can we do to help ourselves? Well, in the you have to get your bedroom in order before you can conquer the world. 
Does, is that what he says? Something like that. Something like, get your bedroom in order? No, what he says is... Fuck. And I know this is weird going off on a weird Jordan Peterson. No, 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 that's fine. Let's, but let's go on this tangent. a lot of people don't like him or yeah, he's right. controversial in some circles. Right. But he says uh-huh. that um, a lot of people have these grandiose ideas. They want to change the world. They want to do all these different things, especially when you're younger. Like you want to go out there and you want to make a big difference in right. the world. Right, right. But it's hard for you to make a difference in the world, have an impact if you can't even sort yourself out first. So what he talks oh, about yeah. is Agreed. getting your Agreed. getting your personal shit together. Right. And he said, if your life's a mess, start with something small. So oh. he says, what he usually yep. says is, you know, clean your bedroom. Yeah, and people make fun of him for that. People make jokes about it. Like, oh, he says clean your bedroom. That's good advice. But he's saying is like, if, you, if your yeah. life is full of chaos, right. take one little piece of the chaos right. and make it organized. And put that in order and then you can add to that order. As right. you move forward. So yeah. he's saying you know, like you start small right. steps. Maybe yeah. maybe organizing your bedroom is too much. Maybe it's a huge mess and it's overwhelming and you can't do it. Right. So start with just your sock drawer. Start with just part right. of the room. And you break How it down. How about just on top of the nightstand? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Something so that's that what he talks about. I, I talk that's about that I was with people too. Making I mean, fun of you and calling you Jordan yeah. Peterson. Right. And I don't disagree with that idea because that's a pretty standard uh, kind right. of thought process in counseling and in therapy. Uh, I mean, I don't agree with that guy on a regular basis, but there are some things I agree with. Yeah. A lot of people don't have a problem with like his general self-help thing. Like right. they have a problem with other stuff that he said, but yes, like his personal views on one thing or another, but let's not get into that part. Cause totally another episode. Um, but I, I agree completely with the idea of what are you doing for you? Because like, and I'm not, again, I'm not bashing this person on TikTok by any means. Cause that's their journey. That's their way of things. And maybe that's what they're using their TikTok for is a way of them to be able to express and get their shit out there. And I think that's a beautiful Has thing. Has he tried do. OnlyFans? Oh, good God. Wait, you mean to get companionship or yeah. get people to watch him? No, well, maybe both. Maybe generate some cash that way. It's a companionship. Yeah, I mean, he's not a bad dude. Like, he's not a bad looking dude. Uh, You know, some of the most insecure dudes I've ever met were actually good looking, attractive guys. Oh, yeah. Who just don't know that they're attractive or don't like. Don't think they're attractive. Don't think they're attractive. And maybe, like, no, this is. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, like, but I guess I'll say what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, say whatever it's going to be. This may be controversial to some people because I know as soon as I say something like this, people, there's a lot of people out there who go, but like, but well, but you know. Uh, you know what? Hold your thought just real quick. Just so anybody can hear me, uh, anybody who listens to this podcast, please understand that me and Steve are human beings, which means there are some subjects that we don't know a fuck ton about. And so we might say <laughs> some ignorant shit. I don't think that what I'm about to say is ignorant. It's just that I'm, I'm just throwing it out there you for have, people, Steve. They anytime need, you say something one way or the other, yeah. um, somebody's always going to bring up the exception. Mm. or the. the so yeah, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. generally speaking. Right. And this is neither. I'm not saying it's fair or this is how it should be. Have have I argued the exception to the no, rule? No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying okay. for anybody listening. Yeah. Women are fairly or unfairly, however you want to say it, judge more on their appearance, mm. right? So. Agreed. An attractive young woman. Yes. It's much easier for them to get attention from guys. And I'm saying yes. if you're a young, good looking guy, you're still not going to have a necessary. You might have some women who will approach you, but for the most part socially, typically men still have to do mostly approaching. So I know somebody out there is going to be like, well, I've chased after all my boyfriends and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, well, I know. But I'm saying, I'm speaking in general. Yeah. I'm saying that. And, and you're right about that, by the way. M- men do have <clears> to <throat> usually do most of the work when it comes to the seeking. The pursuing. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't say pursue anymore. Whatever it is. I'm just saying that that's par- maybe part of the reason why, <laughs> like, 
there's still young guys who are attractive who have trouble finding somebody, but right. there's also more to it than that because uh -huh. like in my experience, my yeah. personal experience, a lot of women don't tend to care as much about the physical aspect of it. Of, of their partner? Yeah, I mean, they, they want a guy who's attractive, but I'm saying there's other factors that might be more important than just yes. looks. So yes. if you're a young, attractive guy, women might still reject you because of other reasons. Yes. Um, because they're looking for, their standards are probably higher. Like guys will probably, a lot of guys will date. I was actually just talking <clears throat> to somebody about this, and it does tie into what we're talking about today in a weird way, but it ties also, into Also, and this is just my personal yeah, yeah. experience, if you're a young guy, that uh -huh. also counts against you. Like if you're a 21-year-old guy, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for you in a lot of circles to date because typically women want to date somebody who's a little more mature, maybe a little more. So if you're a 21 year old woman, a lot of 21 year old yeah. women will date maybe a guy who's a few years older than them. A few? <clears throat> or Sorry. whatever. But you know, they, yeah, they want somebody right. who's a little right. more established mature. I'm not saying everybody, I'm, this is I'm just sorry. general speaking, yeah. but the problem with whenever I talk yeah. about things in general, even if they are generally true, yeah. I know that there's always people who are like, well, that's not true for me well, or that's there, not true for this. There like, always I know, is. but there, there's, that we're always speaking is. in general terms. So I'm just saying generally speaking, guys, yeah. you can be a young guy and uh -huh. um, I can still see you not being successful dating, being a young, attractive guy. Right. If you're an attractive guy and you're uh -huh. and then once that guy hits like 30 yeah and especially if he's doing well yeah. uh financially then it's gonna be much easier for him to find well being financially stable is something that makes um a man <clears throat> more attractive to people and yeah. i'm not saying women by the way i'm saying to people because financial gonna, stability is also viewed as mad. a responsibility and a maturity <laughs> even though i've known dudes who are way more responsible and mature and they were broke as fuck but the dude who made a lot of money also had the ability to spend a fuck ton and seemed more attractive. When it comes to that maturity thing, I, I, you spurred something in me and then I want to go back on topic. You said uh, younger women sometimes or uh, often date older men because they view them as more mature. Age don't mean maturity. And no, that's a but misconception. It's, but it's a, the perception is that the 21-year-old right. guy right. also is immature. They also, if you look at it like a what a 20 what a or 21-year-old guy actually looks like. Yeah. They look really young, right? At least from our perspective. Like, um, if you look at for some reason, like if you look at a twenty-two to like a twenty-six-year-old woman, right. they look like a woman. They yes. look young, but like for some reason, like a uh, a lot of twenty-one-year-old guys look still look like they're sixteen, in my opinion. And I think uh, there's a certain thing. At least I've heard women say this. A lot of women will say when they look at a guy who's like twenty, twenty-one years old, mm -hmm. they're like, "Oh, he looks like my brother. Or he looks like a boy." Oh, yeah, like okay. they want somebody yeah. who looks a little more rugged or yeah, man yeah, yeah. manly. manly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. like if you if you still you still have a lot of boyish qualities when you're <laughs> Well, I'm saying time. when you when you're 22, 21 yeah. years old, you still have a lot of boyish features. Like if right. you look at pictures of me when I was 21, I look very boyish. I still look Dude, the second you shave, you look like a 21-year-old. Okay? I, I look like I did when I well, not now, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. when I was 22, I still looked yeah. like I was 17 years old. Yeah, I got. I got to tell you, if me and you decided to shave tomorrow, we could fucking make a much uh, younger audience because we'd both cut like ten years off of us. <clears throat> Sorry to, I went on a tangent. About no, 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 no. I, I think it's actually valid because it kind of goes into what I'm talking about a little bit, or what we're talking about a little bit, because it's again about how we perceive things and yeah. our expectations about things, and a lot of folks in our community. I don't have a better word for it, so I'm gonna say it. Please don't hate me too much everybody um but the folks in our community have tendency to whine about those expectations because they're like nobody told me the social expectations of nts 
you're right. Nobody did. Nobody told us either. But also, what are you doing to learn about them? And, and that might sound very ableist or whatnot or less compassionate, but what are we doing to learn that, though? I mean, I know what I did to learn as much masking or, or social rules as I have. I know what I had to go through to do it. And I'm not saying I had to struggle like a motherfucker. I just had to read a lot. I had to learn. I had to ask questions of the person in front of me. Was that appropriate or not? Am I doing okay or not? In this given situation, am I being appropriate? I had to ask those questions and gauge from NTs or people who look like they knew what they were doing. I had to gauge from them. And yes, that can be awkward, but I also read a lot about psychology, about behavior, uh, what's considered the norm, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And I read a lot of psych research papers, but I also read a lot of theory and a lot of stuff by uh, therapists. Not necessarily self-help books per se, um, to kind of understand how people behave. Social appropriateness, what are the rules and expectations to learn that stuff? And so that's what I did to do it. And, and somebody might actually say, well, not everybody's capable of that. But I would argue absolutely everyone is completely capable of asking the person in front of them who seems to be handling things better than you are. You're more than able to say and ask, so what you doing? How are you getting there? Why, 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 why did you turn left opposed to right at that given moment? Help me understand because I want to be better socially or I want to be able to connect better with another human being. Help me out with it. But, but fortunately for me, usually – those questions didn't come up until I had already pissed somebody off. So usually it was... Oh, no, I don't mean to ask that person because I had those piss-off moments too. No, I, well, I guess asking people in general. Oh. Like I would say something inappropriate in a group circle and then I'd ask other people, the ones who weren't mad at me, mm. like, what the fuck did I do? And mm. I did because I didn't always understand. And a lot of times it was me being too forthright with information or yes. being honest. Yes. When sometimes people don't want to hear the truth... Or don't want an honest answer because it might be, the truth might be hurtful or yeah. something that they're not ready to, to talk about or ready to hear. So with that, like you said, you know, being pissed off and I've pissed people off too uh, with some of the things that I've said and ways I've worded it. That's probably not the time to, uh, you know, try to get evaluation or whatnot. But I got this buddy, my buddy Evan, you've met him. Um, my buddy Evan... I used to ask, so he was in a band for a while and I would go to his shows and whatnot and help him like set up sometimes and things. Um, and I was probably in one of my lowest places in life when, when I was hanging out with him predominantly. Uh, it was about 10 years ago when I started like really super hanging out with the guy. But anyway, um, and there's more context to that story. But anyway, when I, when I started getting reconnected with him and hanging out with him again, he noticed that there was something different about my behavior, that I was I was getting overwhelmed with things, that I was pulling back a lot more than I used to, that I was having a hard time in crowds more than I ever used to. And this is right after I got diagnosed with uh, bipolar. So before I got diagnosed with autism there, uh, or before we came to that conclusion. And he, on a regular basis, would let me know I'm doing okay. But at some point I had to ask him, well, how do you know I'm doing okay? And he goes, no, I just mean... You're not doing shit to draw attention to yourself and you're not doing anything to make anybody think anything one way or the other. And I was like, why did you think I needed to know that? And he goes, because you were looking around the room and trying to see who was looking at you. Nobody was looking at you. I wanted to let you know that like you ain't doing nothing funny or off. You're, you're doing all right. And I was like, but I don't feel like I am. And one day he actually tapped me in the head 
And he said, just because you don't feel off, just because you don't feel like you're doing okay, doesn't mean you're not doing okay. And I had to ponder that idea a long time. Like, I had to ponder that idea. Like, just because I don't feel okay doesn't mean I'm not okay. Also, people have this, uh, like, everybody is the the main character of their own story. Yes. And people have, yes. like, think that they're more important than they actually are. <laughs> like, when you go to a party, most people are not paying attention to you. I'm sorry. What? It's most just, people don't give a fuck. We're performers, right? I used to we're like actors, I used to go to. Yet you're saying we're not the most. Well, so when, when I was younger, like when I was yeah. in my 20s, and I would go to a party or something, yeah. I used to worry about what I was gonna wear, right. how my hair looked, because yeah, me too. I figured people like, oh, if I wear this, I'm gonna look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But then you realize over time that most people don't give a fuck. They're not looking at what you're wearing. No, they're actually so preoccupied with what they're wearing and how they look, they don't fucking care. And the are. only people who do yeah. draw attention to it uh, are, well. If maybe somebody who wants to like purposely pick out things to right. make fun of somebody or teach to make somebody. themselves feel better. Right. Yeah. But yeah. The, the kind of douche in the corner. But I, I do notice a lot of those things. Like if somebody's wearing something that's off or like I look at a crowd and I pick out things, but that's yeah, me. Do. Yeah. But that's also you with your thing. Like that's one of your things. Right. And I guess let me round back now to, to anything that stands out or, or right. like I, just, I pick up on that stuff and focus so, on it. Like that kind of leads me to the the autism thing is yes, we're born autistic and yes, we have a wait. No, I had a choice, sir. You absolutely did. And you chose vaccine. I chose, um, I chose autism. Yeah. You chose autism. No Um, one is born autistic, Nick. That's just liberal propaganda. I hope nobody clips (laughs) that out of this episode and goes, this is what these assholes think. Um, That's liberal propaganda. Mainstream media. Has twisted <laughs> your brain and warped your thoughts. Oh, thank you, Robert F. Kennedy. So, um, Jesus. Okay. The so, Wi-Fi in this room alone is it, giving me colon cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I installed. Oh, I installed it's vaccine. Literally right there too. I installed oh. vaccine needles into the chair, so when you sit down, you just get like a full acupuncture. <laughs> acupuncture watches of MMR needles. <laughs> Autistic acupuncture. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the entire image in my head of that is hilarious. I'm um, definitely right. clipping this out. Why? That's no, hilarious. no, I mean clipping it out and putting it on TikTok. Oh, you really should. <laughs> Autistic acupuncture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can only imagine the comments I'm going to have to field for that. All right. So. One of the reasons why I'm kind of getting, why we're talking about this. And they accuse us of having no sense of humor. I know, right? So one of the reasons why I'm getting at this is because like whether you are a person who has, is on, or are autistic. I'm making sure I'm covering all my bases there. Um, I don't really care which word you neither, use. Neither, I, I don't fucking I know what you all. mean. Yeah. So I, I, I care I more about, about the intent that. Of yes. what you're trying to say rather yes. than the words you specifically Yeah, I don't use. care if you say I'm a person with autism. I don't care if you're I used a to be much more anal about the words that people choose to use. Yeah, until you started watching uh, watching this face. Yeah. Well, I brought up some Michelle. Yeah, there you go. I did Sun try Michelle. to message him on TikTok and he didn't respond to me. Well, just so, so you know, we both enjoy your videos. Um, I actually enjoy your breakdown of uh, Jason Aldean's music uh, uh, song there. Um, I just saw it the other day. Did you see that one yet? Yeah. Okay. 
So let's not talk about that. But it was a good clip. People should Nick is watch from him. a small town. And he can tell you. Actually, I am. I was born in a town called Effingham, Illinois. And he can tell you that they don't, they don't play over there. Nick used to sit out three years old on the okay. patio. I would with, like to mention that I've actually never heard the song. He used to sit out on his front never. porch with a... With never. Some buckshot loaded. Oh, good God. I was, no, I was so tiny when I lived there, okay? <laughs> I have no idea what people do in that fucking small town. I yeah. heard I heard part of the song. I've, I've never heard any of it. Well, I mean, uh, some of the show had, uh, I think, a lyric or two on it, or maybe I'm thinking of a different video. But um, a couple of people have put, like, lyrics on their screen of it, but I've never actually listened to the song. I'm it not wasn't planning on it either, but. The lyrics themselves are suggestive i guess in a way but it's more so the music video is what yeah about a something problem about a courthouse because they were showing um lynched in front of her some shit they were showing uh clips from different protests and riots and they had like they were clearly referencing like black lives matter protests and stuff like that so and like some of the yeah some of the rioting and stuff that went on and right so but wasn't he trying to say that if you try to do that kind of rioting and damaging a property try that in a small town and everybody will band together and fuck you up isn't that what he was trying to say sort of yeah oh so i kind of get it i guess yeah i guess it was also a big Um, mass shooting at one of his concerts where's the vegas one was that jason Mm -hmm. oh were the the white guy old white guy in the the hotel yeah oh no shit bag of bag of weapons and bag of guns where's our producer i think my coffee well, when I say producer, I mean, uh, technically I'm the producer and I got the keyboard. Yeah. For now. Anyway, I've got a, so I can't use my on the spectrum cup right now. It'll be in the next episode. So anyway, anyway, um, well, I'm not going to leave that on the table. Okay. So I got to get back to where we were. I got to get back to where we were. So I want to, I want to kind of talk about. Where the fuck was, why are you bringing this up, dude? You're going to distract the shit out of me. You don't have to respond today. to everything I put up on the screen. I know. It's just, it's going to distract the shit out of me. Anyway. All right. Um, so not right now, guy. Not right now. Anyway. So um, when it comes to. <laughs> what? Am I, <laughs> am I distracting you? <laughs> can you please get that off the screen? <laughs> no one can see. No one. No one but me. <laughs> It's gonna be no. You're never gonna tell anyone either. It'll be like the nope, the briefcase not, from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not saying a we word. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man, we good. Yeah. Wow. What do you say? We happy? We happy? And then Vincent Vega is like, oh yeah, we happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So where where was I? Oh, so so when it comes to like, what are we doing for ourselves to help ourselves in situations? And like one thing that I've heard people say is I was born autistic. There's nothing I can do about it. And I'm not saying that to cure, to get rid of, to suppress you being autistic. But what I am saying is like, if you don't know the social rules about going to a movie theater, well, look them up. If you don't know um, how to play guitar. So I shouldn't take my shoes off and put them on the seat in front of me. Right, right. You shouldn't reach up between the cushions and try to tickle some bum. No, don't do those things, right? Like, if you don't know something, look it up. What about people and who just, there's lots of people who are not autistic who still don't understand societal rules and expectations for look things? Look them up. 
Look him up. Call a, call a friend who's really good in a social situation and go, look, I want to go to your next concert. But there's also, I there's go also to cultural differences show. depending on um, the environment. So, for instance, no, no, and, I have a uh, weird I'm example here. I'm with you. If you go to a metal show or yes. a punk show, yes. there might be some moshing going on. I can tell you from experience, you don't have to participate in that bullshit. You don't have to. But I'm saying that that's a accepted part of that yes, going into those, those right. situations. But that's why you should go into some of these environments with somebody who knows. And you ask them before you get there. So how should I behave? And if they say to you, just be you, remember, there's uh, something they didn't say in just be you, which is just be you within a boundary. Okay. And go moshing. Yeah, yeah. Like, be you, but don't be the full. Like, be 90% of the way. And I'm not saying that to autistic people. I mean that for everybody in any environment, because even NTs in social situations have to hold back something or somehow of who they are in any given interaction, because that's just how it works in social interactions, right? I would say, though, like, there's far too many people in our community who are saying that everybody else has to do the work, that everybody else has to make accommodation for us, but we're not doing anything in their direction because we're too tired or because we're, we're already working too hard to be like them. But are we really working hard or are we just expending a fuck ton of energy in shit that ain't helping us? Yeah. I mean, because as, as like a counselor, I do end up having that conversation with people about what are they doing and is what they're doing working for them or not? And we need to evaluate that. I think we should just go full tilt like that guy in our comment on YouTube who said uh, that no one should ever make any accommodations for any autistic people at all. There you go. Oh, that, that, that guy was a special little man right there. Um, the gentleman who commented yeah. on a Temple Grandin video and said that – Yeah. Uh, if you had, if you need to request accommodations, then you just shouldn't work there. Right, and I don't, I don't know. Um, I so like, and I was actually talking to you know person your so uh, about that, um, and I agree that there is, there is a level of going too far for accommodating somebody, well, especially when it comes to a job or whatnot. You bigot. But I also think that you yourself as a human being need to also evaluate what you're good at. You yourself as a human being also needs to take a look at not necessarily what do I want all the time, but what am I good at? What can I do? You know, what line of work would be good for me, right? And I think that's something we don't do very often. I think Temple touched on that too in the episode. A little bit. A little but bit. she was just saying like if you if you have an autistic teenager who's capable of working at like a, a Dunkin' Donuts or a yeah. fast food restaurant yeah. – Maybe the accommodation might, in what she said, there was a kid who worked at McDonald's in this particular mm -hmm. video that would clean the dining room if it yep. got super, super busy so they wouldn't get overwhelmed. And that was what that person was responding to, which I don't see how that's an unreasonable accommodation. It, it's not. The job is still getting done. They're just they still need somebody sure. to clean and restock right. the lobby. Yeah, they're somebody just focused. still needs to sweep the damn floor. They're just switching what you're doing to right. help accommodate. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think certain accommodations, which is why it's called reasonable accommodation, by the way. Mm. I know, but it there are guidelines for what's considered reasonable and you're unreasonable. Right. You're right. Well, yeah, I mean... I'm still going to say that like companies should not part be of the, the end voice of what's reasonable. Part of the definition, as yeah. far as... Because I did read up on it a while ago. I'm trying right. to remember what the wording is exactly. Yeah. But essentially what it says is 
if it's not going to have a negative impact on business or the way right. the business functions. So if they're able to do it, then mm -hmm. they have to do it. Well, but that's the thing about what you just said. If, if it's not going to negatively impact business, but the thing about it is like, if, if somebody needs more breaks than another person, they, they could say it, it affects morale because then the other people feel like they're being treated uh, so uh, unfairly. As, it, as far as, not, um, not to say like people are right in that level. Of it unfairly. depends on how many breaks. So uh, if you were to look at what uh, precedent is, precedent yes. would say that somebody asking for extra breaks who's autistic mm -hmm. would not be considered unreasonable. But it also depends. It could depend on how many breaks because you could argue in court and say, well, you know, if they're they're not working for four out of the eight hour shift, well, then mm -hmm. that's might be a problem. And, and I understand that. And there are going to be some days where that's going to be the case. But that's the thing about accommodating who the individual is and, and what's going on with the individual opposed to making blanket policies to make accommodation. Well, what they really need to do mm -hmm. is any office setting where they have autistic people working, they right. just need to install autistic acupuncture chairs. That's going to be the theme right there. Oh. All right. So there's um, a set of headphones so, and yeah, built into so the chair. So I also don't want anybody to, to misunderstand me. By no means am I saying that autistic people need to work harder than they already are. I just think a lot of the times, especially with what I see for the predominant voices that I see on TikTok, they're basically saying everybody else has to work that much harder because they're autistic. And just like just like with my glasses right like without my glasses on i can't see i can't drive i can barely hold a job like i would bump into shit on a regular basis i wouldn't Mr. Be able to walk downstairs yeah pretty much and if i walked around going no 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 steve you have to walk me to my car because i don't have glasses you need to make that accommodation for me if i if i did that all the time like that's not fair to you and that's also me being dependent on you to take care of me when all I need is a little bit of taking care of me. But having glasses is also dependent on me going to the optometrist, getting my eyes checked, going to the store and getting my glasses, having a job so I can buy glasses. Like there's a lot of things that rely on me as the individual affected by, you know, the shit ass eyeballs that I was born with to take care of so I can now, and excuse the language, but function more in the society around me. Well, what you need to do is bring back the American eugenics program. Oh God, he, he used the word. And oh. then we should just make it so people like you can't have kids. So that way your oh, shitty eyes won't God. transfer to the new, the new generation. The next generation will not have your shitty eyeballs. Okay. I mean, I got no issue with that. Oh, wait, that's right. I've already procreated. So, haha, ha, I beat you to the point. All right. All right. By the way, I, I don't actually believe in eugenics. Neither one joke. of us agree with eugenics. He's just kidding. Uh, I can't I can't believe we actually have to oh, say I joke, that I shit. Like, I actually like joking. The reason why I joke about the American mm -hmm. eugenics program is because a lot of people don't know about it. They also don't necessarily know completely about a lot of pieces to it. So like there's a lot of misconception about it, but don't, there's, it. It was a horrible fucking program. I'm it not was mostly it was good. Well, it was mostly uh, state. It was state. So the, the federal government approved eugenics. Yes. But there wasn't like a federal run eugenics program. Right. It was state based. Yeah. But a lot of states had policies where they had undesirable types right. who were not allowed to when I said that in air quotes for anybody who's listening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Undesirable in air quotes. Yeah. He really did do it in air quotes. Um, 
they weren't allowed to have kids. Yeah. They forced sterilize anybody who was, uh, I guess. How many people were actually forced sterilized because of those programs? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Thousands? Okay. It's, yeah, it looks that up. That is definitely something to look up. Uh, so, so by no means am I saying that we have to get rid of autistic people or autistic traits, but it's just when people are talking about how everybody needs to understand them, I also notice a great deal of a fixation on their own level, right? On their own placement uh, on our grand spectrum here. Uh, people, a lot of people who are level ones forget that level twos and level threes need a lot more support than we do. And without, what does that say? 63, sorry, 60,000 people. We're sterilized in the United States as part of the eugenics program. Over 64,000 individuals were forcibly sterilized under eugenic legislation, 32 different states. Um, it included people who had been mentally deficient. Yeah, yeah, Lab yeah. Sorry, labeled mentally deficient. Yeah, which is, air, which is quoted mentally deficient. As well as those who were deaf, blind, and diseased. Two-thirds uh -huh. of those sterilized were women. Yes. Wow. I didn't know that it was two-thirds women. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the practice expanded to impact as many women as men by the 1920s. Utah had a particularly aggressive eugenic sterilization. No, the Mormons? What? Oh, it wasn't even like the vast majority of the country had eugenics programs. It was 32 different states. Wait, wait, wait. California had one? What were they, like Republican at one point? So it was mostly black women and white women. In North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, yeah. Okay, anyway, before we get fixated on this thing, even though fucking the eugenics program is fucking fascinating as shit. Um, so anyway, anyway, so I, I don't want to lose topic because I really wanted to talk about, like all fucking week I've wanted to talk about this Go whole... Ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying, but like I'm really fascinated by what you're about to type into your AI googly thing. Intellectual. Okay. Okay. I got to stop. Stop. I'm, I'm going to stop. I was you wondering what they meant by mentally deficient. Yeah. 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 Um, it's whoever they deemed less than themselves. Anyway. Um, but like, so again, I want to go back to just to regain my thought process here. I want to go back to the, the statement I made before of like, what are we doing for our selves? Dude, autistic people would have been included in this. Well, this is intelligence testing too. Yeah. They, they used an intelligence test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's probably a shitty one. I know some people be like, sexist or some shit. Uh, and I know there's some research behind, you know, why IQ test sucks. But uh, yeah, I, I, wow, I'm gonna go look that shit up later. This is my autism button. Yeah, it really is. That is your autism button. Oh, it's a fucking puzzle piece. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's on Google Chrome, y'all. Just go to Google Chrome. You'll know exactly what Steve is talking about. <laughs> anyway. Um, so like, what are we doing for ourselves? So like, if, if you're talking to somebody who has anxiety issues or depression or whatnot, and I'll use myself as an example for this stuff. And, and I think I'm a little bit unique because I'm bipolar, but it's like when I get heavily depressed, right. And I want to isolate from people and I don't feel like I'm capable of anything. And I get so demotivated that I don't want to shower and all that kind of shit. And I have to force myself to shower, to go to work and I have to force myself through my work day and shit. And like, even when we do rehearsals sometimes and I'm in, you know, a depressive episode, I get a lot more frustrated and angry about things, but I also get like really, uh, you know, about trying to keep us on point for stuff in like, 
I can't, I can't necessarily stop myself from being depressed. But with my situation of being bipolar, I know if I just wait long enough, like just do the things that I know I'm supposed to do and wait long enough, my episode will shift. But I also, in those moments, I try to do things that I know help from a cognitive perspective, or I shouldn't say it that way, from like a self-help, uh, no, that's not correct either. Yeah, self-help perspective. Like I focus on activities I know I can complete just to be able to complete one so like I can feel better. Um, you know, I, I don't, I give myself a little bit more credit to do a little less on those days or those weeks, things like that, right? I, I, I try to give myself a little bit more leniency when it comes to making mistakes or how much I'm doing in a day. Like all of that, I try to spend time doing activities that I enjoy, you know, leisure activities uh, to try to do self-care, things of that nature, right? I don't just sit back and go, well, I hope it goes away. You know, oh, I wish it would go away. Like I do something about it. And I mean, it sounds again, like you need to get your life in order. There you go. So the first and thing you gotta do God. is start cleaning your room. Is that your Jordan Peterson voice? No, I'm trying. Okay, that's, by the way. I can hear it. I can hear it in that voice. Okay, a little bit, but I can well. hear it. <laughs> so, and yes, I'm, uh, and I'm probably saying this for the fourth time in this little rant, but yes, I'm bipolar. And yes, my episode is going to shift no matter what I fucking do. It'll it'll switch over to mania and then I can get all that shit done and I can fucking fly or He's some mania. shit. Yeah. But then it'll shift down again. But I also, knowing like that Diesel? it's going to, I also have to be a little bit more self-acceptance, unconditional self-acceptance, and a little bit more self-loving to know it's going to happen and what's going to happen when it does shift up or down. I think when it comes to autism, there's a similarity to that in the sense of like, if I know that there are times where I can be a blunt, honest, direct speaker, or also known as an asshole. If I can be that way at times, if somebody looks at me funny or says, you know what, man, you're being kind of a dick right now. Instead of trying to argue that or or try to disprove them or try to show them, no, I'm just I'm just letting you know, whatever. No, how about I just accept that their perception is that in that given moment and I just, okay, maybe I am sounding that way. I don't think I am right then, but you do. Okay, fine. And that might be hard to handle for somebody who isn't a hella, hella loving on self, but that's kind of part of it because some of these people I see on the TikToks there, they, they are constantly asking for validation from the world, from external everybody else. They're uh, asking for love and acceptance from everybody else. And it really sounds like, and I don't know if this is true or not because I don't live in their heads. I'm not psychic. But it sounds like from the way they're talking, it sounds like that. I was trying to hold that off and it didn't work. It sounds like they don't accept and love themselves first. And I always try to advocate, and I've told you this too, you got to love you first, right? Because I can handle you and anybody else telling me good, bad, or indifferent about me, whatever their opinion is, about anything I've done and anything uh, uh, I've said, because I love me first, right? Like I accept me. It took me a long time to get to the point of accepting me wholeheartedly. I... I ascribe to the Divinals version of self-love. The Divinals model of self-love. Perfect way to word that. It's so good to word it that way. Sorry. I had to make the joke. Yeah? yeah. 
we uh when I think about you, I touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. So by the Andy, way, we, we are we are reaching that time. So. Oh God, I'm so sorry, man. Like I've had so much to say. I'm really okay. I'm not. Nick is on his soapbox today. Yeah, I'm not upset about the topic. I am passionate about this. I am very heated, if you will. I'm trying to kind of control my enthusiasm, let's call it, about this because I, for one, I want to help a lot of the folks that I see on TikTok. Uh, because I think I might have an idea, not that they haven't had this idea before because they're smart people too, but sometimes we need to hear shit uh, uh, from an outside voice. We need to hear it outside of our own head sometimes to be able to kind of enact it. But like, because of what I do for a living, I talk to people about having specific, measurable, realistic, time frame, time sensitive goals. And I don't see enough people kind of utilizing that idea yeah. And and so in doing so and not utilizing that, <clears> I, <throat> I see a lot of folks who have tendency to say, here's what I want. And and it's almost as if they're like throwing it out there. Luckily, hopefully, eventually somebody is going to help me do this when they they have the power to do some of that stuff. Now, I got the power. I'm not saying that people don't have difficulties in their life. And I'm not saying that there aren't things that inhibit them from being able to X, Y, whatever. By no means am I saying that like everybody's fully capable of everything they want. What I am saying is that sometimes we get wrapped up in the idea that we are something and we can't because of it. And we we really got to kind of take a look at that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to behavior things, right? Like, yes, autism is genetic. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn social rules. That doesn't mean that we can't we can't learn to connect with another human being in other ways. That doesn't mean that we can't set timers to be on time for something, to have alarms for things. That doesn't mean that we just have to stay in our room all the time because we're always assessing whether we feel comfortable or not. Well, 90% of the time when I'm anywhere outside of my fucking living room, I'm uncomfortable, but I do it anyway right and like very uncomfortable regularly but i still go out anyway that doesn't mean that i'm trying to say that like there aren't people who feel more uncomfortable than i do when they leave the house because there probably are there are probably a lot of people um i'm just saying that there are things we can work on and help ourselves with and i think that's kind of a little bit of what temple was talking about on the other episode too but I just really got fixated because I heard so many people say, and I read so many comments that said, the NT needs to be understanding. Well, the NT is a human being too, and that NT also has their own baggage too. They're not people. <laughs> Apparently not. They're just there to make us happy. They should be reason. subjects, and we should be their rulers. <laughs> According to the Aspie supremacy people. I don't know. Well, the conversation we had with Ben, you know, we're talking about having an Aspie world government. Mm. Mm. Or an autistic world government. Yeah, autistic world government. That's right. We'll um, fix everything for them. Yeah, we will. Well, we'll at least be far more practical and rational about it. Yeah. Um, and probably more helpful. Than we'll more have a good people. reason for our death camps. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he said death camps. I had so many jokes for that, but I'm going to hold those off. Um, did, like, did I make sense this episode, man? Like, I'm questioning that in my own head. Did I make sense? Uh, I think so. Okay. Okay. I just was. All right. 
trying to lighten the mood a little. You did, and I, th- I actually appreciate it because I got a couple of good laughs in there, so I appreciate it. I'm, right. So, if by the way, I do was... hold the patent for the acupuncture autistic chair. <laughs> he, so. does. he does, and apparently the cure for autism that you created a couple months ago. That's right. <laughs> so, um, anybody who's listening to this episode, it's part of the new Coke formula. Oh my god! Anybody who's listening to this episode, if you have a comment, if you have a question, if you have a concern, if you dislike something I said, if you want to argue with me, I am more than happy to talk with you, have a discussion with you. We can argue back and forth. We can have a thirty-minute conversation going, uh, 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 uh. Back and forth with one another. That's cool because at least we're talking. At least we're hanging out. We can do that. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a TikTok. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. We have a, a, a Reddit. We have a. We might have a blog soon. Yeah, we too. might have a blog soon because uh, Steve is going to way spew good at typing, and I'm not. The bullshit from my brain onto paper. Yes, because Steve will be in charge of doing the blog because Steve does a lot of writing, and that's kind of his preferred uh, way of communicating. Actually, like that's his preferred way to, to express. Mine happens it. to be talking. Ooh, that was a really hard K on that. Mm. I'm, now that I have a microphone they in call it me, Tism Talk? Yeah. They, oh, God. So there was a, a young I'm lady. I'm not going to call the blog on, that. I know. <laughs> but there's a young lady on Facebook that if you called yep. it that, she would shit on it left, right, and center because she hates it when people say a little, ta- a little bit of the Tism. She <sighs> hates it when people say Tism. God forbid you make a joke about something that affects us. Yes. God, God forbid to make humor out of something that is serious. What about yeah. people who are in a wheelchair and make jokes about their legs not working? Should they not be? Should they not make those jokes because it's mean? Oh my god, they, dude! There is an there. There's there people is, in wheelchairs who make jokes or make videos about them not being able to use their legs, and so shit's funny sometimes. There's a sit down comic who is hilarious who constantly talks about the fact that he can't walk. Yeah. And by the way, I got the name of his stand oh, What about that? Sorry, his that kind dwarf, of comedy as sit down comedy. That dwarf comedian who makes fun of being a dwarf all the time. Brad Williams. Yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. But what, like, I don't think he's that funny personally, but like. Dude, you don't think anybody is all that but funny. But he's. I well, he makes fun of being a dwarf. Who cares? He's a fucking. He's a dwarf. You should be able to make fun, make fun of, like, make jokes about it. So I want to be able to do. I know I'm not allowed to, and I know I don't. But like, I I'm just saying, I, you like, know, he, being autistic, I think I, sh- I should be able to make jokes about it. Right. I think we should be able to. I I honestly think that part of the converse, part of a conversation, or a part of a way to move forward in a conversation about understanding and compassion. I honestly believe part of that is allowing people to make jokes. Well, I think also, no matter who you are, people will say. That it is okay to make jokes, but I think the people who will disagree with us will will kick back about and say that you have to be, um, you also have to be aware. So like if you're making jokes, it depends on the kind of joke. Like certain things might be too insensitive to, to so. Here's what I'll say, and and this is my stance as being a comedian, being a performer, and also now being a podcaster, and apparently I guess a voice of autism, I guess or some shit. If you have a problem with some what somebody else is saying about whatever topic you're talking about, stop listening. Stop. Just walk away from them. I believe very, very strongly that people have a right to voice their opinion. This is my personal. This is not necessarily. Yeah, but if you're making belief, a joke, my personal belief, and I a joke is not joke. an opinion necessarily, though. Where, but even if you're voicing a joke. Walk the fuck away from the joke. Walk away from that human being. Well, what if you're at work and you can't? No, you literally can take four steps away from the motherfucker and just not acknowledge the fact that they're making a joke about autism. You Like for this podcast, you can stop. You can hit pause right the fuck now. 
I don't want you to, but you could, right? And like for me and you, if we're somewhere, like I don't like, I don't like hearing derogatory trans jokes. I don't like hearing derogatory jokes about the LGBT community. Yes, that makes me sensitive for being part of the community, but I get it. But when somebody starts making jokes in that line, derogatorily, by the way, those kind of jokes, I just turn off the TV. I pause the fucking show. I walk the fuck away from it because I'm not, I do not believe in we should censor or control everybody's voice. I believe in voice equality, I'm going to call it, that everybody got a right to voice their opinion, regardless how dumb it is. I'm more offended if the joke is just lazy and shitty. Right. So you're worried more about the effort, not the content. Like, um, I find a lot of racial jokes people Mm -hmm. make to be kind of like... Oh, they're lazy as shit. They're... It's... They may be in poor taste, but also just like, they're just not good jokes. Yeah, like... Like, you have... have Let's put aside the fact that they're probably racist jokes. They're no, but you, but you have pe- you done. have videos made by black content creators who make black jokes in them, but they're just like lazy stere- black stereotype jokes, mm, and it's like, mm. eh. Or um, no, no, there's, there's, there's white content creators who do that stuff too. But I'm just saying, yeah, like, even it's not about the race thing; it's just that the joke is no, bad. It's about the effort. You're yeah, putting it's in. like it's not even you didn't even put any effort into this. You right. make it. Oh, it's a joke about a black guy stealing stuff. Ha ha. So would you would you agree with this statement? People, people can make racist, sexist, or, or, or derogatory jokes about a group of people as long as they put in the effort to make it good, um, <laughs> to, I w- ma- I to, would, to make it quality. Uh, it, it, maybe. It depends on still, like if, it depends on the joke. Like, you can, like, it's hard for me to explain. Dude, I'm just saying, man. Like, yes, they I can, actually, theoretically. I, I actually really enjoy this, this kind <clears throat> of, like, this idea, this distinction, this like qualifier, if you will. I'm more offended that you make a racist joke. You need to make it worthwhile. I like, I'm more offended that you put no effort into it and you just use like, right. Oh, black people like watermelon. (laughs) Which is said, come on. Uh, it's stupid, stupid shit like that. That's what I'm saying. I, I really like this qualifier because well, who gets to decide what a good joke is? No, put in some fucking effort to it. Like if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. Right. I and if you're going to use like a stereotype or an old fashioned joke, right, spin then, it a little bit. Then try Come to like on. make the the setup, uh, m- like catch me off guard. Yes. Come at me with something yes. else, and then you you come into the stereotype. Like, right. Oh, okay. Well, you try to make it a little. Creative, yeah, I'm right like, the fuck there. Now I will say that somebody's going to hear us or see us uh, talk about this, and they're going to be like, "Look, you know, you don't know what it's like because you know you're both white males." Um, and I'm going to say to this. We're also autistic, and I'm also bisexual and bipolar. There are things about us that we've heard comments, we've had people look at us funny about. I mean, we've been autistic our entire lives. Um, We didn't necessarily know, but we knew there was something different about us than other people, and people let us know that we were different. And in the smallest way, I I can say that there's probably a level of of understanding, emotional understanding or situational understanding based on that. We have been looked at and treated differently. We have been excluded by of things because of what we are. There you go. And so hearing it first, Nick thinks that being no, I did not say I did not. I did not fucking say that. I knew you were going to go the fucking (laughs) way. I sat here saying my words, going Steve is going to fucking do that. Mm. Anyway, what I am because saying that's what people it, though, do on the internet. Yeah, they do. They do. They they turn. They yeah. They look at it in the shittiest way possible. I get it. 
it's what it's a, a lack of faith. So like right. when you have a conversation or when you listen to somebody, right. um, you should always try to listen in good faith unless the yes. person is a provocateur or somebody going going into it purposely yeah. trying to. But like you don't do anybody any favors by purposely trying right. to present the worst version or the worst possible interpretation of what somebody says. Right. It, it might be more worth your while to try to hear them out instead. Like what are they tr- actually trying to yeah. say versus how can, what's the worst way I right. can interpret what they're saying? Yeah. Cause so basically what I'm trying to say with this, and I think I can break this down a little bit easier um, is I, I, we do understand to the, Smallest degree, yes, it is the smallest degree, but we do understand what it is to be ostracized. That we do understand what it is to be treated as if we're lesser than other people for several qualities about us. To a small degree, yes, it's not as drastic as some other people, but we still understand to a degree. Um, and and I, it's a horrible fucking feeling, and and, I, and obviously people who deal with it on, on a more regular basis fucking feel worse. I'm I'm assuming. Um, where was I going with this? We were trying to wrap up. Right. Where was I going with it, though? I knew there was a reason why I was equating <clears throat> that. There's a reason why I was saying that, and I fucking lost my point. Okay, well, on that note. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, so I, I will try to regain my thought process at some fucking point. Anyway, thank you very much, because uh, I actually sprung this topic on Steve last fucking minute, like, what, 10 minutes before we were going on air? Yeah. Yeah. So he'll probably do a blog post all about his opinion on this because unfortunately I dominate voc- uh, verbally. Uh, I will do a whole blog post about how the national symbol for autism should be data from Star Trek oh, The God, Next Generation. Hey, real quick. What, um, yeah. <clears throat> a couple minutes. Can I take a minute or two? Um, sure, Nick. All right. So I've been watching the show. Did you ever watch the show Scorpion? Came out a couple years back? No. Okay. It's more than a couple of years at this point, I'm pretty sure. But it's called Scorpion. And the premise of the show, okay, like there's a history behind the show and there's like behind the scenes stuff about the show. But the premise of the show is five geniuses who all work together in uh, uh, being con- consults for like the FBI, I think it was, or Homeland Security, okay, being independent contractors for them. And the whole time I'm watching the show, I'm up to like season three or two now, uh, three maybe, three. I was watching it with my son. And the whole time I'm watching the show going, if this show was made nowadays, they would just fucking call these people autistic, especially like the main character, Walter. They would absolutely call him autistic right now because they keep describing all of them of having lesser social uh, uh, ability, especially Walter um, and all this shit like they're smart as hell and they're all level ones, relatively speaking. They're all level ones. And. I think the show's pretty damn good. I like it. It's got Catherine McPhee and Robert Patrick in it and uh, Eddie K. Thomas from uh, American Pie on it. And I don't remember the other actors' names, but it's a pretty fucking cool show. There you go. Um, Elias <clears throat> Gabel, no, Gable, uh, Catherine McPhee, Eddie K. Thomas, uh, Jaden Wong, Ari Sidham, Sidham or Stidham. I can't see it fully, so if I'm fucking up your name, I apologize. Anyway, so it's a cool show. It's an action show. They solve problems, but like all of the characters in it, except for like Catherine McPhee's character, who they actually in the the first season, the opening credits described her as being, well, she's normal and she helps interpret the world for us. And like, serious to God, they would just call all these people. Well, everybody's autistic. a little autistic. Now. Oh God, I hate you. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> F. Kennedy. 
Um, haven't you haven't you seen what people say on TikTok? I know what people say. Everybody's on these autistic. Yeah, well, and you know what? Even if everybody is a little bit autistic, some of us are a little bit more autistic than you. So fucking recognize, bitches. Um, anyway, but this is a great fucking show. I watch it on a regular basis. It's now part of my rotation of shows that I watch per month. Uh, because yes, I have a rotation of shows that I watch because I have a really hard time watching new TV shows. So there's that. Uh, who's this guy? Why are we bringing up the Knicks basketball team? Okay. Sorry. I got lo dude, you put it on a fucking screen in front of me. Okay. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to on the spectrum podcast this week. I am Nick. I'm Snick. It <laughs> Snick. Okay, here's my story about SNCC. When I was younger, when I was in my teenage years, um, I expressed, and I guess several times, I expressed suicidal ideation to some folks, and so they started calling me SNCC, Suicidal oh. Nick. Oh, okay. Well, just because last was episode than, you called yourself SNCC. So. Yeah, I, I am SNCC. Yeah, I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, but thank you very much for watching the episode. Please comment, question, uh, uh, argue with us. Tell us how you liked or disliked the episode. Please uh, Point out Nick's with bigotry. Us. Point out my bigotry if you want to, and we'll talk about it. Maybe you can educate me. I have no problem in the world hearing out somebody else's opinion, and I don't mind uh, somebody calling me ignorant because we all are about something, and I would rather you point it out and educate me than me sit back and just be like, Meh, things are dumb. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, you can also contact us on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to get through all this shit. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying my best to remember everything, guys. But thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.